0: everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Watch podcast. I am back today with my friend Sherry Seligson, and we're talking about siblings, sibling relationships. Most of you who are listening, I'm sure you probably have more than one child. And again, I said this, I think on Monday's episode, if you only have one child, this is still so important to listen to because they have to learn how to navigate relationships with other people, which we've talked about this week and that when we help our kids to get along with their siblings. It is really setting them up for success and getting along with everyone in their world, or most people anyway. Some people are just really hard to get along with. (laughs) It doesn't matter how nice you are, they're just difficult. But hopefully you and your child are not that difficult person. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure if you're listening to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast, you are not a person who is difficult to get along with. Uh, anyway, I wish I could sit and have coffee with you so that I could know and be able to get along with you. But anyway, we're, we're going to just do it through the podcast because that's the only way that we can communicate with each other. Um, so we're back with Jerry, though. Um, thank you again to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you're looking for a great homeschool curriculum that has a good, solid biblical worldview foundation, Check them out at bjupresshomeschool.com. If you're not exactly sure what you need for your child, you can call them, talk to one of their consultants, and they will help walk you through it. Um, And again, bjupresshomeschool.com. Well, Sherry, um, thank you for coming back with us today. I want to talk about conflict resolution. And we've talked about that our kids will have conflict. And we've talked maybe a little bit about this, but I want to talk specifically about how to help our kids through conflict resolution kind of through the various stages of life because you're going to deal with conflict different with a toddler than you are with a middle schooler or, you know, a preteen or a teen, it looks very different. So how did you help your kids to navigate through conflict resolution? Well, let's, let's just start with
1: general. So I think with conflict, um, one of the important things is you really want to resolve the conflict immediately uh, as, as, you know, you want to get to it as soon as you can, um, if yeah. possible. So um it is an important part of relationships. Uh James 1, 19, and I'm not sure if it was 20 but but um everyone must be quick to hear slow to speak, slow to anger. And those th- that phrase was kind of my kids got tired of hearing me say that. But you know if you're quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, you're you're thinking, you're taking a step back from the situation, you're thinking about it, you're speaking slowly because you're thinking about it. You're not going to say blurt out things that you don't mean. Um, because the anger of man does not achieve righteousness it's mm-hmm. really an anger thing and a lot of a lot of conflict breeds anger and so we really want to think about that so it's natural for our kids to be me focused so let's start with the littles yeah. um the the little ones you know they're they're kind of wired that way that's you know me 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 they're and, and God made them that way um they're learning they're they're born in a sin nature they're yeah. um he didn't make them with, you know what I'm talking about they're born with a sin yeah. nature and and God made them in a, with an ability to learn slowly. They can't just catch it with one, you know, mm-hmm. re- instruction. So with the littles, we, we we want to continually be on it and and try to, to, to repeat and repeat and repeat and not let it go away. If, I mean, if they're constantly doing something, like, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this with your kids, but there's that whole, you know, they're getting ready to touch something. You don't want them touching it, like a breakable item or something right. that could hurt them, an outlet or something, and they touch it. And you go, oh, no, 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 we don't touch that. And they look at you and they go like, like they're staring at you and they're like, right, <laughs> Do you really mean that? And, and you know, if you let that go, if you laugh, because sometimes it's hilarious, um, right? You're telling them that's cute. They're being cute. Then keep doing it. So when we say something, we need to follow through. And it may mean that, and they're going to ask, you know, they're going to think to themselves, can I touch this the next day? Can I touch this the day after that? And we have to continue to stay on it. It is exhausting, but yeah. it is so important. To follow through. And I remember one of my children is a um, super strong-willed child, super strong-willed. You know, the more kids you have, the more you're like, I have one of those. I have have a strong. (laughs) Like, this is Saul of Tarsus strong-willed child. And and I remember thinking to myself, you know, if I don't do this now when he's little, like go and go and address whatever situation is, is, I'm going to have to do it when he's 13 and bigger than me. And and that was my motivation of this is the training time. This is the exhausting time, but it will be. It will benefit. So, so it's it's more repet- repetition, more repeating what we're saying, what we're doing. We do not touch this. You don't touch your brother's toys. This is your brother's toys. You know, this is your sister's toys. Or you know, toddlers are mine, mind, mind, mind. We learn to share. We're going to learn to take turns. And you know, you're the younger one. Your brother's going to defer to you and let you have a turn right now. And then mm-hmm. you're going to let your brother have a turn. Um, so there's teaching them the process. It, they're learning. It's it's, it's as yeah. if they know nothing, which they do. They know nothing, right. and so our goal right. is training to teach them, them. That's right. This is how we behave in our household, and there needs yeah. to be consequences if they're not doing that. Whether they lose yeah. the toy, whether they go to time, whatever it is that you do in your household, there needs to be consequences. And and again, developmentally, some kids are going to get it sooner than others. But you know, I'm talking starting at in, in one year one year old and and further to like three or four. Yeah. It's going to be constant and constant. Four to six, seven-ish even, that's when their will starts to to come into play even stronger. Mm. They're going to exercise it. They're thinking more. And, and I tell you, if you're having a struggle with a child like that and they're constant, that means you've got a really smart kid. I mean, yeah. that makes it harder because they're able to think, oh. I can't touch this today, but maybe I can touch it tomorrow. I right. can't do it this way. Maybe I can do it that way. <laughs> they're creative in their sin. <laughs> and so <Yeah. laughs> um, it is, if, it's repetitive. And you're going to have some kids, some of the older siblings, that little one's going to push their buttons more than others. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. it's just going to roll off their back and they're like, it's okay. He can have it. I don't care if he tore that up. Right. I'll get another one. I can print <laughs> a new one. The other one's like, this is my space. He invaded my space. She touched this. She did that. She screamed, you know, and it just pushes their buttons. And so that's where yeah. the connection. You you talk to the little one. You help the older one understand how where the little one is. But the little one has got to have um, an understanding. This is how we do it. Very firm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not a lot yeah. of you know. And I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to. But if you count for your kids, like yeah. <laughs> I told you not to touch that. One, right. two, three. You're basically telling them they don't have to obey until three. Right. And so you're right. always going to count. It's deferred yeah. obedience. It's it, And so if you want to count in public all the time and count in front of you, <laughs> just know if you're going to do the counting, they yeah. will wait until you get to three before they finally. Oh, OK, I won't because now is right. when the, the now is when the difficult's coming. And so right. really, really um, understand that our goal is obedience because it's for their good. We don't want them running yes. out into the street. We don't want them, you know, stick in their um, finger in, a, in an electrical sure. socket. We don't want them tearing yeah. down our house. We don't want our house totally demolished. You know, granted right. we've got kids with toys everywhere, but but we don't <laughs> want them just like doing whatever they want. If they if they're right. wanting to eat on the floor and dinner time, we eat at the table. You know, right. we eat at the table at dinner time. This is what our family does. And they may cry through dinner time the first couple times, but eventually they're hungry. They're going to eat at the table. If right. That's what you're feeling you what you know, what you feel like your family is going
0: to be doing. So mm-hmm. that's my little for the littles, um, is, is Yeah. Can we park there yeah, just for yeah. a second? Because I think there are a couple of things that are really important. One, you talked about the importance of training. And that is something I learned early on from Ginger Hubbard, actually. Um, who has the book literally called Don't Make Me Count to Three? Oh. Um Yes, that's but, right. yes, I it's it. such a good book. I'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but the training is so important because we often think with our kids, like, okay, we tell them don't do this, you know, or, or we get upset with them because they've treated their sibling in a certain way, or because they haven't picked up their toys, but have we taught them the right way to do it? So we don't just discipline them and correct them for doing it the wrong way. We have to teach them, the right way to do it. And as adults, we know the right way. So I think sometimes we just assume, well, they know the right thing to do. And we'll sometimes even ask our kids, why are you not doing the right thing? Well, perhaps you haven't taught them, especially in those really young years. They may not actually know. You assume that they know how to do the right thing. You assume that they know the right way to respond. So when my girls were little, I would often say to them, that is not how you're to respond to your sister. Here's how I want you to respond. Lacey, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. Will you please forgive me? You may play with my toy. And Brooklyn would have to repeat that to me, or Lacey would hit her sister and she would have to apologize. You know, I'm sorry that I hit you, Brooklyn. Will you please forgive me? I won't hit you again. We have to give them the words to say, and we have to give them the actions that they need to to do in order to make that situation the way that it should have been. And then we did a lot of do-overs with our kids too. Okay. We're going to, replay that whole situation yeah, and I want sorry. you to redo it. Yeah, I still yeah. <laughs> sometimes, not very often, but there are still some times when I make my girls do a redo and say, okay, we're, we're just going to start this all over. <laughs> we're going to yes. redo this because that was ridiculous the way you girls just responded. And at their ages now, they're 13 and 18, they know how to respond to each other. And so uh, that's important. But the other thing is that we tell our girls all the time, sin causes pain, but obedience brings blessings. And when they're little, that pain is usually a physical pain, you know, whether it's like, you know, if you touch something hot, it's going to, it's going to cause you, you know, if mommy has said, don't touch the hot stove and you touch the hot stove, it's going to burn you and it's going to cause physical pain. But what that does is it teaches them that in the future as they're adult and as they're growing up, their sin is going to cause a different kind of pain. It might not mm-hmm. be burning your finger, but it's going to burn you as a person, as an sin adult, and it's going to cause has a totally, right, sin always has consequences. consequences. And so- yeah, We tell them the things that they need to know because we are trying to protect them. And it's hard for, we can't say that to them when they're three, but they need to make understand that correlation eventually that their sin yes. is causing them pain. And we yes. don't want that for them. We want the best for them. Right. And so, man, right. intentional parenting is so, so very important. So uh, yes. we're going to take a break though. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Are you looking for a homeschool curriculum that goes beyond textbooks and truly engages your children in the joy of learning? Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written by homeschool parents to specifically meet your needs and captivate your students with hands-on activities and experiments that make learning unforgettable. With an easy-to-follow, open-and-go format, Apologia takes the stress out of planning and provides a simple roadmap that can easily be tailored to your family's needs. Explore live classes or self-paced courses designed to accommodate every student's unique learning style. Elevate your child's education, spark their curiosity, and nurture a lifelong love for learning with Apologia. Discover Apologia today at apologia.com. We are back with Sherry. Um, Sherry, let's talk about conflict resolution. We talked about it with, with the younger kids. Let's talk about it now with those preteen, teen kids because I think that is when it gets even harder. Yeah, and actually I would even start with some uh, upper elementary
1: kind mm-hmm. as well because this is where they're communicative. You know, your toddlers are just going to yeah. react, but your little when you're when they're starting to communicate like you had said, you know, teaching them what to say, how to walk through this. First, you know, oftentimes the conflict comes like this. Moms in the kitchen cooking or doing something and you hear screaming somewhere in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and so you go and you're actually having to play detective to figure out what's happening, right? right. Cuz you know, someone's crying, someone's just dumb things happen. And so you first have to listen. You want to listen to their words and listen intuitively what's ha- passing out of their lips because words are important, like I said before. Watch for words like always or never. Like, she mm. always messes up my stuff. He yeah. never listens. He never lets me play. That's, that gives a clue to what's going on in their heart. You know, those words are, first of all, said out of frustration if they say things like that. And, and it does, you have to explain that that doesn't warrant anger. You know, you're frustrated, yeah. I understand, but it doesn't warrant anger. I acknowledge that you're frustrated and that acknowledging Mm -hmm. is fine. You know, it is frustrating. You worked hard on this and they, or he's not letting you play again for two days in a row, but help them see the bigger picture again. You are for them. I want God's best for you. And as brother and sister, you need to want God's best for each other. Why? Because God made you siblings. So to talk about forgiveness, um, that's important. And you touched on, I'm so glad you mentioned that because. We think of forgiveness, you know, tell your tell your so- sister, you're sorry, I'm sorry. I forgive you. And you hear that? I mean, we want them to go through the pattern, but you know forgiveness doesn't stop the hurt. Like you said, you know, you may have someone who throws a toy car and it hits your his sister in the head. And so she he says he's sorry. She forgives him. She still has the knot in her head, right? Yeah. It doesn't stop necessarily your hurting, and you're not getting justice necessarily. You really don't get what you deserve. You know, you can't take the car and throw it back and hit him in the head. That's not, that, that's the justice you want what he, or what you might think he deserves. Forgiveness is taking the pain. And, you know, that's that's a hard concept, but it's an important concept when it comes to salvation, when it comes to larger spiritual issues. We forgive because God forgave us. You know, mm-hmm. that's, Christ took those painful consequences for us, sinning, you yeah. know, right? That's, that's what we do when we forgive. We, we relent to live with the consequences of Mm -hmm. someone else's offense against us as if they didn't do anything. So your brother just tore down this 10 hour Lego model and it's him saying, sorry, is not going to put it back up. Now he may be able to help you do something. He may be able to do some things that help, you know, ameliorate that. But at the same time, you're taking the hurt and saying, God forgave me for all these things I've done. I forgive you. You know, I I just I forgive you. Not anything yeah. else. We give up an idea, any idea of vengeance that that we are not going to take revenge. And that's really hard. A kid hits sibling. The sibling wants to hit back. That's just a natural, you know, to and from. Then you've got these kids like battling. We we're, we we want to avoid that. And so we have to talk about that in those upper elementary, middle school years because they need to grasp that concept. They're old enough to start grasping that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, we forgive our younger siblings as an example to them. You know. I have to act like an adult around my kids. Right. <laughs> I've got to be the adult. And so I have to forgive them as an example to them. This yeah. is what we do when someone offends us, when someone does something. Um, we model that for them. And then saying things to the olders, your little sister's watching you. She's learning from you. And so yeah. she takes cues from what you're doing. And we, you have the responsibility as the older one to be the leader in this situation. So mm-hmm. she might come up and punch you in the arm, you know, your little brother might do that or flick you in the ear. What's your response gonna be as the older one? Yeah. You know, you can say, please do not flick me in the ear. And if they continue to do it, come get mom, let's talk about it, we'll deal with it. But but conflict resolution is really a key to building the relationships. It sets the stage for how we navigate future relationships. You are, we're gonna have, mm-hmm. our spouse is gonna say something that's gonna hurt our feelings sometimes or do yeah. something, even unintentionally. Yeah. But that's gonna happen and how do we deal with it? Do we bite back and say the same kind of cutting things? Do we, you know, well, you're doing this and I'm going to do that. No, that's not, not going to do anybody any good. God yeah. wants us to forgive. And so and helping them understand forgiveness is and then walking them through, like you were saying, how do we do this? How do we, this, I, this hurt my feelings when you said or did this. I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, and saying I'm sorry and not giving excuses and, and yeah. trying to truly feel heartfelt for that because we love, because I love you. I'm sorry that I did that. I did not intend to do that, maybe. Or maybe I did intend to do it. And I will try to have self-control not to do it again. Trying to pull in those character traits as we're going through to to name what it is that they're doing. Lack of self-control or selfishness. I really wanted that toy. And you've been playing with it all day. And I want a turn. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's my right to have a turn. Do we have rights? Let's talk about that. So it's big stuff. But we can boil it down to smaller things to help them understand. And it takes
0: time and energy. Yeah. I think when they're younger teaching them the fruit of the spirit is so important. And and we can teach that in a fun way, you know, te- teach them the fruit of the spirit song, which yep. is what I did with my kids, because then as they're growing older, you know, are you displaying the fruit of the spirit to your brother or sister? Or 1 Corinthians 13 and reading through 1 Corinthians 13, are you being loving? Are you being patient? Are you being kind? Are you yeah. forgiving? Are you doing all of these things? And, uh, you know, it's, I never want to use the Bible um, in a way with my kids where it causes them to resent God's word, of course, but they need to understand that God has given us his plan, not just for salvation, but for peace here on this earth with our family. (laughs) And so it's, it's, it's a different, you know, we live in a sinful world and because we live in a sinful world, we encounter hurt. But there's a different kind of hurt that comes when it's our own sin against our family members and against someone else than it is just living in a sinful world that's going to hurt us anyway. And so I love that you talk about you're the Seligsons. We are the Hamptons. Like, it's important that we have this family unit and that we protect it and we protect each other. Let me ask you this question, Sherry. You worked really hard through your kids' childhood for them to have a good relationship with one another, to learn how to get along. And there obviously was conflict and rivalry and all of that stuff that went on within the walls of your home. What does their relationship look like now? Now they're all adults. I know you've got grandkids now. They've they they are into their real adult life. What does their relationship look like with each other now? I can tell you I'm blessed. It's not because
1: I did everything right because I didn't, but all four of our kids get along really well with each other. They're for each other. They live in different parts different parts of the country. And when one comes into town, all of them try to get to get here. They're, they try yeah. to be with each other. They, they go and visit one another. They talk to each other. And I just, it warms my heart. When, yeah. when we all get together at holidays, the reminiscing comes and they yeah. laugh together. And that's another thing too. You know, we we talk about conflict resolution and that's the hard part. But let me tell you the fun part is they have these shared experiences. And sometimes yeah. they're at the expense of mom or dad. Like mom got the new van and popped the tire. We were in the rain and you know, we all got lollipops and it was fun and they laugh and and they're 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 reminiscing together. Is yeah. it's a bonding, beautiful thing. They are there for each other. You know, one of them had uh, some questions about some physical stuff and calls our son who's a doctor, and the doctor's, you know, well, you should do that. I mean. They, they talk to each other more than I talk with them sometimes. And wow. it's just a blessing to hear that. Um, they, they, you know, they just have their identity with each other and they love yeah. sharing that with other people. They invite people to come over for Thanksgiving long, you know, Christmas Eve, we make, we make, our family makes um, homemade pasta because uh, ravioli, because my husband's it- Italian. And so it just, we fell into this tradition and my kids yeah. stuck to it. It's not Christmas without ravioli making. We have to. And I want my friend to come see this. And and so it's it's just a blessing to yeah. to see that. But again, I don't I don't count that due to any magical thing I did or mm-hmm. any thing I mean, it's really the Lord. I just really yeah. am grateful that the Lord has given them a closeness with each other to sure. where it warms my heart to no end to see that um the the just the enjoyment my my yeah. husband's brother once said to him, you know, they're very different and he said to him we would not be friends if we weren't if we weren't related. And mm. I don't I don't know that they would be. I mean because they're very yeah. different, he's not a believer. Um yeah. they just have very different lives. And yet, they do stuff together a lot and my my husband said to him, but we are brothers and that's closer than friends. And yeah. so we will continue to have a relationship. That's that's what this is about, folks. That's that I think is, you know, you're you've got Unique little people in your home, and the goal yeah. is to. God knew that, and and mm-hmm. what a joy it is to have them together as a family unit, to yeah. be there for each other when Dad and I are dead, um, to be able to just <laughs> be there and and love each other, and to and to have those roots that they came from to continue yeah. on to the next generation. You know, generational thinking is biblical as well, and we've yeah. lost that a lot in our culture, and we want yeah. to continue to foster generational thinking for future generations, for this family yeah. and that family. And so, you know, for the Hampton family, what are, what's, what's two generations from now going to look like? For the Sellekson yeah. family, what's two generations from now? Three generations. What a blessing we have to be um, um, generationally thinking and yeah. giving that vision to our kids. Um, and relationships yeah. are a huge
0: part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sherry, do you have one last bit of advice or, um, you know, something that you want to share with our audience before we sign off? Um, you're not going to feel like this is doable and it's
1: mm-hmm. not on your own. Yeah. I, I would just ask you prayerfully, ask the Lord for wisdom, um, pull in a good connection of, of support, in, you know, families, like-minded yeah. individuals to, to take this journey with you. This is a, this is a hard road, but it is the most worthwhile thing you yeah. can do.
0: Thank you so much for your wisdom this week. It has been such a joy and a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I, I'm so thankful. I love talking to moms who are ahead of me, who have been through it. I love talking to young moms too, but you've been there, you've done that, and you are seeing the fruits of of your labor. And, and yes, absolutely, the Lord. It, it is all Him. You know, all glory to Him that your kids get along and that they love one another. But I will say that He used you in order to help make some of that happen and that you were diligent and you were willing to just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to keep my kids home with me. I am going to be really intentional in helping them learn how to get along with one another. And not everybody does that. And unfortunately, I know lots of adults who hold a lot of bitterness and anger towards their siblings as adults because of what happened when they were kids and within their home. And so that would be devastating to me if my girls grew up bitter and angry towards one another. And so it's why we work so hard to help our girls get along with each other. So thank you again so much for sharing with us. Tell us where people can find out more about you. Um, well, I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and then I have a website, sherryselickson.com, where you can contact me. So okay. that's right. I am. Yeah. we'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Again, you can find everything at schoolhouserocked.com. Stay tuned to the very end here, a clip of what's coming up next week on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you back here then. Bye. Know
1: you need a plan but can't ever seem to make one work? Do homeschool planners totally overwhelm you? Do you feel like you have to fill every box, complete every checklist, and achieve every single goal? I'm Danielle Giorgio, a homeschool mom like you who's already successfully raised two kids to adulthood. I created the Life Schooling Vision Planner because I wanted a planner that would work with my relaxed style of homeschooling, a style I like to call life schooling. Find out all the details at Lifeschoolingvisionplanner.com right now during our special relaunch and come life school with me.
0: So I say we gotta teach them how to live to give, live to serve, and live to love. And let's see what does that look like practically. I feel like for parents, we need to train our kids on the importance of serving people and serving God from the beginning, because the greatest leader is the greatest servant. We teach our kids to be leaders by teaching them to give, teaching them to serve God and others, and teaching them how to love,
1: love our neighbors as ourselves.